0: Welcome to this episode of the Essential Church Podcast, an ongoing conversation about some of the most important issues facing the local church today. I'm your host, Andrew Arndt, and I'm really, really excited to uh, take you into a conversation I had not long ago uh, with our good friend, longtime New Life Worship leader, John Egan, and also a guy that some of you might not be aware of, Micah Massey is his name. We had a great conversation around creativity and songwriting, which I think, uh, especially those of you who are creatives, songwriters, worship leaders, you're really gonna enjoy. Uh, Micah and his wife, uh, Shannon, this is kind of a fun announcement for our New Life crowd, uh, but they are moving here from Alabama, where they were most recently on staff as worship leaders. Uh, they're moving here to join the New Life team, which is so exciting. Micah is actually a Grammy award-winning uh, artist uh, for a couple worship songs that he wrote. And uh, he's just a tremendous guy. A lot of new lifers will be familiar with him um, from some first Wednesdays that he's done. And he's guest led for us on Sunday mornings. So uh, you're gonna really enjoy this conversation. It kind of gives you a nice little glimpse into the heart of Micah Massey. And also there's just some pure gold here on creativity. So we think you're gonna enjoy the podcast. Without further ado, let's go to the conversation. With a couple of my friends today, John Egan. And Micah Massey, two of the most prolific songwriters I know. Mm. <laughs> they're laugh- they're <laughs> laughing about this. <laughs> uh, to talk about the art and the craft and the calling that is songwriting. So I'm going to start with the simplest question that I can think of, guys. All right. Where does a song begin?
1: That's a great question. Uh, John, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, it's never, it never happens the same way twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes I'm just driving in the car, a concept pops in the head, sometimes in the middle of a worship service and Mm. feel like the Holy Spirit's whispering Mm -hmm. something. Um, But for me, as I'm getting going, I I always have to have a concept. I always Mm -hmm. have to have an idea, a thought, Um, maybe it's just an emotion. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I build everything around that, start Mm. piecing it together. Um, I always say that songs begin in the amateur's heart, and they are finished in the craftsman's hands. Ooh. Ooh. Because the amateur, when I mean, you look at the original meaning of that word, it means one who loves. Mm. Mm. And I find if I put that, you know, critical hat on too soon, yeah. then I'll paralyze myself mm-hmm. creatively. And I have to, I have to start with that childlike wonder, right. playfulness. Let's just throw some paint on the walls, you know, mm-hmm. and see what happens. Yes. And then eventually, something will start to take form. And I think, oh, I think we can do something with that. And that's when I start putting on the the critical hat. Mm-hmm. And piecing things together, and taking some of these tools and principles I've learned along the way, and Mm -hmm. and start, you know what I mean? Just I do. It's like when the
0: when the muse visits you. (laughs) Uh huh. You have to chase it and listen to it without fear.
1: Sometimes, yes, for me, uh, sometimes that happens. But I think Freud said that Mm -hmm. if inspiration doesn't come to me, I go halfway to meet it, and that's more my story. I have to. You know, I have to dig in. I have to maybe do some creative exercises. There's this great book called The Songwriter's Playground. Yeah. I love because it has all these fun little creative exercises you can use to help open up those pathways yeah. in your brain. But um, I, I have to sometimes just do the hard work of meeting it halfway, oh, yeah. meeting inspiration halfway. Mm. How's lo- it for you, I John? think
2: the longer I've been writing, the harder it's getting, but the more rewarding uh bono and you too. they say it's songwriting so it's a playground or a boxing ring but mostly a boxing ring yes um sometimes it's playful and it comes and oh wow that you know and you, you hear a lot of podcasts or different things about songwriters oh this one just came in 10 minutes and mm-hmm. but the majority it's years um it's a wrestling match it's fighting through lyrics um yeah. Cause you're, not try, you're not you're not just trying to write something that people sing once you're trying to write something that people sing thousands of times right and still deliver new uh revelation or information and so for me it's similar to you micah it's it's all about theme yeah. um i have a uh folder in my uh in my you know notes app on my phone that's just themes and and it's all day every day you're just thinking through what themes should be written could be written um, Andrew, I was watching you preach recently, and you, you mentioned Thomas Aquinas and his mm-hmm. nothing but nothing you, but Lord. Lord, nothing but you, Lord, and I texted you, you're probably still on stage, and I just said, we have to write nothing but you, Lord. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it went right in my themes folder, mm-hmm. and that folder is just full of thematic ideas, like stu- like when David is out in the wilderness by himself collecting these smooth stones, you know, it's just collecting yeah. and collecting. Yeah. So you, you know, people say, "Do you just set aside time to write?" It's like, "Yes, but really, I'm writing all day, every day, right. because I'm collecting yeah. and stumbling onto themes." Um, and then, and then I'll sit down with a piano and a guitar, or hear something in the car. So, oh, that that um, musical feel could match that theme. You know, yeah. there's a prosody there.
0: Yeah. And then let me set aside some time. Yeah to develop it. Yes. How often does it happen to you? Now I'm speaking as a preacher and a writer, so in my own creative enterprise, uh, one of the things I notice is that you'll get the theme sometimes, or there'll be just that moment of inspiration or Mm -hmm. a fleeting thought or something that sparks. And you start kind of chasing it, and you have the assumption that the sermon is going to go here, or the essay that I'm writing, the article that I'm writing is going to go this direction. And because of your preconcept, of where it's supposed to go, you wind up being in the boxing ring with it Mm -hmm. until the creative thing wins. And I'll I'll often have like the seminal moment for me is like the moment of realizing, wait, like this is trying to become something other than what I thought it was when I first started teasing it out. Do you have that experience as songwriters? And really the end product is so much better than if you had just kind of willed your way through it. Yes. Sometimes you almost have to like let yourself be defeated <laughs> completely <laughs> by the thing. That's so does it. That I think that's songwriter? it.
1: There's a lot of humility involved with yeah. songwriting, yeah. just open handedness, uh, especially in co-writing situations. When you bring a concept to the table, and you know that this is going to morph and transform along the way, and this may be something completely different at, in the end result, like you're saying. Um, and it, it's so funny. Sometimes I will work hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on a song and days and days and sometimes it's even months um but i find the ones that i love the most come out in 10 minutes Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is Mm -hmm. about that and i think sometimes it's, it's the fact that i have to write Those ten hour, yeah, ten day, you know, multiple month
0: songs to get to the ten minutes. It's like they almost become the compost out of which this thing grows. It's like I've been building
1: for all these months, and all of a sudden, this song is the culmination of all those other songs I wrote. Exactly.
0: So, like on the surface of it, that song came in ten minutes. Yes, but actually, it took thirty five years. Exactly.
1: That's exactly right. And I think that's what it is. Is I'm constantly chasing down these ideas, but all the while. Life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's something else is forming, something else is 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 taking place. But,
0: Guys, how think? scary is it and also how important is it to take those ideas that you're teasing out and finally show them to other people? Can you talk about that? I, yeah. I just have a feeling that for a lot of the songwriters listening to this, a lot of the creatives listening to this, a great deal of their creativity is locked up by the ego and the fear of like uh oh, but what if i show them and like what if they think it's terrible no, can it's, you talk about that for a second it is where
2: the rubber meets the road uh writing um we we have a team here of, of people who are really eager to write and so there's a lot of talk about writing and that's easy to talk about writing uh but then when you okay we have a full day here we're gonna split up in groups and we're gonna write it is amazing how vulnerable it feels mm-hmm. and um and i've been 20 years I've been writing songs and it still does feel that way. It still feels um scary. But I I've learned a lot from really great writers. And uh what I've noticed about them right away. Um I mean, I, I worked with I worked with this writer who's just so spectacular, just such a great writer. And what I noticed about him right away was that he was totally unafraid to look like a bad songwriter. Wow. Wow. Um, and he would just throw out ideas, and I remember thinking,
0: that's a bad. This guy's idea. one of the greats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: And you think he's one of the greats so everything out of his mouth is going to be pure honey and gold and mm. um but no he was just he was just the least afraid to appear like a bad writer cuz he knew his mm-hmm. his okay idea could develop into someone else's good idea which could yes. develop into someone's great idea which could develop into someone's god idea. Wow. Uh, not to be cliche but and I think that's what I've learned the most is just you know don't be afraid to because that's how, how it has to start. The, one of the biggest pop writers uh, in the industry has this whole, I mean, he's known for it now. He has this whole bit. When he walks into a room, he opens the door, and then he shuts the door, and then he, then he looks outside, and then he shuts the door, and then he opens the door, and the person waiting for this writing session is going, okay, this guy's a little crazy. Uh, and then he finally shuts the door, and, so, and the first thing out of his mouth, he says, is that door shut? Yeah, you've opened and shut it like seven times, you know? <laughs> and he goes, Oh, good, because I'm about to say some of the dumbest ideas. And I want to yes. I I make sure you're the only one who can hear them. Right, you know? right. This is one of the, the most successful pop writers. Uh, so, yes, there's fear involved, but the good news is it, it is for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, it's just really, are we choosing? Can we go through it? Hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Michael, what's your experience here? The fear of showing. Yeah, what you're developing to I, other people.
2: I'm in complete ag-
1: agreement mm. there. Um, I, I love that one mm. bad idea could lead to a better idea, <laughs> mm. which could lead to a great idea. Mm-hmm. I, that's so good. Mm. Um, I, I think for me, it's uh, there's this story I heard of a guy named Desmond Morris. He was a zoologist. He did this experiment. He's famous for this experiment he he did with chimpanzees, <laughs> where he gave them a bunch of canvases and, and paint, and they were able to. Um, just have fun painting, and you have to go online and check this out, Desmond Morris. This, yeah. These works of art, these chimpanzees were doing, wow. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but later down the road, Desmond Morris started rewarding the chimpanzees with bananas for every work of art they would create, and he, he started to notice, with every reward, the quality and the quantity of their work went down. Huh. And so it was it was interesting, it started off as this, they were doing it because they loved it. Again, yeah. the amateur's heart, uh-huh. right? Well, but then along the way, they were doing it for the reward. Yeah, It's like, banana, 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 this needy spirit crying, oh. banana, banana, banana. And I find that's my crossroads. Yes. It's like, am I doing this because I love it? Am I doing this out of, my, of an overflow of my relationship yes. with Jesus? Am I doing this out of yeah. an overflow of just my love for life? and Or am I doing this because... That needy spirit crying out, banana, banana, banana. Wow, that I'm looking uh, for money, money, fame, approval, you know, all these things. All of that should be icing on the cake.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you try to live on icing, you will die. Oh, exactly. Well, if you try to live on cake, you'll die. But the point is that, like, the the actual feeding of your soul happens in the process. Totally. If you're chasing the extra thing, you'll miss it. Yeah, you'll miss what it's all about.
1: And, and so I'm constantly asking myself, what would it look like to write a song not based out of fear, but out yeah. of faith?
0: Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: And uh, if it was from approval and not yeah. just for it. For it, right. Well, that's a good word, man. It's,
0: yeah. it's, it's hard to get there, though. That's such it's a good, so hard to get it's there. It's such a good word, especially to the young songwriters mm-hmm. who are trying to break through or they're trying to figure out, like, because you always think, like, there's going to be some breakthrough moment that I have where everybody recognizes a song or I get an album and that's going to fix. Some existential angst, though. right? It's right. Not, yeah. Like, just yeah. remember, I've read recently Anne Lamott's beautiful book mm-hmm. that she wrote about writing called yes, Bird by Bird. Bird by Bird, such oh. oh. a so beautiful book yeah. on creativity. But one of the things that she talks about is getting published will not fix anything for you. It's right. So true. Because the moment, and actually, if you don't deal with your soul getting published will make things worse. Mm -hmm. Because then you get published and now it's, I got to do it again. And now you're afraid because you're more exposed to people. And so then Mm -hmm. if you don't fix that, then every book you write, every book you get published, you're doubling down on that toxic process. And Mm -hmm. she says that unless the process itself is its own reward, you just will never, like getting published does not fix it for you. And I just assume the same is true as a songwriter. Like Somehow... You have to find a way to lose yourself in the process to such an extent that it nourishes you and it feeds you all by itself yeah. without the reward of, wow, this song just crushed it on Spotify or whatever it is. <laughs> right, it's right. a slippery slope. I, I always,
2: the the saying, start with the end in mind, I think is bad advice for writers. Mm. Um, it's to just start at the beginning yeah, and fall in love with the process. The amateur heart, I love that, Micah. Mm. And... Um, because the end in this industry, yeah, can mean a yeah published or, or Spotify yeah. uh, views or, or streams, and uh, we have to fight and protect the innocence of it, um, mm-hmm. of the beauty of God, and we're tapping into that. And he writes, so we write, um, and it's to young songwriters too, I would say is um, the the the, ch- the industry is is. Is flying fast, and and uh, the amount of saturation, um, mm-hmm. and so you know what? Let's surrender, and we don't need to have our moment in the sun. I mean, the chances right. of that happening are less and less and less. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is important? Mm, my church, mm, my community that I'm with. So good. How could I write for them? How could I write, you know, for my for my small group? How could I write a song? And. What the, the best part, the beauty of songwriting is that nothing existed and then something existed, mm. and that's that's what God does, and and let's just let that be the great reward, that mm. nothing existed, and through working with Christ and working with community, then all of mm. a sudden something existed. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think even, even bad songwriting sessions are not a loss, they're not a waste. It's nothing existed, and then all of a sudden something existed, and even if it's not good, yeah. right. something does exist now that ministers to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And what a gift those songs are for the body of Christ! You know, I, there's
1: lots of different ways to write a song, but I love writing song for the corporate body, for mm-hmm. yeah. our gatherings a as we, as we come together to worship with one heart, one mind. And uh, you know, there is a different approach to that, right? Sure. Uh, there's a different approach yeah, for the body when it comes yeah, to congregational that. writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, y- y- you're you're thinking. More objectively than you are subjectively mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. when you're writing, corporately. Church. And yes, yes. Um, but man, what melody is just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're sitting here listening to movie scores before yeah. we we, yeah. we get yeah. started with this yeah. conversation. I think of um, John Williams. Mm-hmm. John Williams, one of my favorite mm-hmm. film composers, score composers. Um, there's this amazing video you can go and watch online where it's Star Wars with. John Williams and Star Wars without John Williams Star Wars uh, John Williams did the film score for Star Wars yeah and you watch Star Wars without John Williams you realize that's where all the power it was, the power was in that's the music. where all the emotion was yes. you know and I, I'm thinking this this is such a gift that God has given us and if we as worship leaders can start to to utilize yeah. that gift to just point people upward to point yeah. people to mission to point people to the bigger picture that objective picture of the bigger story. Well, mm-hmm. I want
0: you to talk about that. I want both of you to talk about this for a second, because one of the trends that we're seeing in modern worship that's so encouraging to me mm-hmm. is that we're having songs that the, the, the theology is just getting better and better. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in the non-denominational Pentecostal charismatic world, where if we weren't singing songs that were just straight scripture, which is great, we were singing some chorus that somebody got inspired by, and then it just kind of became this sort of repetitive thing. And and so, right. But now, we're moving into more robust songs. So I assume that there's a tension, though, with that, that you'd love to just, kind of what we're talking about, you'd love to just be able to chase down your own inspiration. Right, right. And let that song be what it is. But you guys, uh, what I love about both of you is that you're consummate churchmen. So you're not just trying to chase down the inspiration, but you're trying to chase down the inspiration insofar as it will help and serve the church. And that means that you're comparing your inspiration against... How the church has talked about God, and you're also drawing inspiration from kind of that theological root. So, can you talk about that for a second? What's that? Is that a is that a balancing act? It is, I think, and I th- I think it, there's three things that a,
1: a corporate worship song needs. I think it needs to be accessible. It mm-hmm. needs to be something that um, people who aren't musicians can uh, grab a hold of yeah. and and they can catch on to quickly. And so I'm always I'm always I'm all about patterns, like with 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 our notes, okay, we've we've got to create good patterns in our melodies that people can catch on to quickly. Um, I think it needs to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes our songs are accessible, but they're not beautiful. Mm. They're not reflective yeah. of our Creator, who's who's who we're supposed to bear His image well in this world. And we, the way we do that is we participate by taking these raw materials and making something beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it needs to be theological. It needs to have that rich rootedness. You know that. Um, we teach and admonish each other yes. with, right, as Colossians 3 would say, we teach and admonish one another with songs. And yeah. so I think it has to ha- it's, it's a balancing act between those between three things. Between all three of those yes, things. Yes, it's yeah. all three
2: of those things. But John, what, what's your experience? Uh, I think it's one of the reasons why it's been more of a boxing ring for me um, in the last five years is because I'm trying to be as thoughtful as I can because I've realized that we're not just singing uh, a response to what we believe. I've realized that, wow, the singing is forming belief in others. Yeah. Uh, the singing of our songs is actually forming culture and how people think about God and, their, and developing their th- theology, which has become this overwhelming responsibility um, that I love and I choose and I want to wrestle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think songs is one of the few things we have on the earth that unite. Yeah, um, in this fragmented world, um, where everyone comes together and we're wanting them to sing together and sing the sing the same song, and phones go away and the distractions go away, and we're going to focus on these these lyrics and we're going to learn about God through these lyrics. Oh my goodness, hmm. my this is not an industry. This is not a genre of music. Hmm. This is forming culture. This is yeah. changing culture, and culture always wins. You know, we could strategize and strategize and strategize, but culture wins. And if if I think I have such a high view of what our worship songs to do to culture. Um, So to your point, Andrew, I think I agree. It's a beautiful trend um, in the thoughtfulness of lyrics and telling the gospel story through songs and uh, forming good theology in people through the songs that we sing. So it's it's a big responsibility, but it's a heavy weight. Totally. Are there disciplines
0: that you guys are engaging in that are helping position you to maybe hold these three things. Like, just talk about that for a second. There's kind of the inspiration side of it. Yeah. There's the beauty side of it, the theological side of it. What I'm assuming here is that you're doing, you're taking intentional steps to keep the soil of your life rich in all three of those areas in some ways, or you're trying to position yourself Mm -hmm. so that that kind of magic that happens at the intersection of those three things can happen more often than not. So what are some things that you're doing to kind of keep your life situated in the way that that kind of inspiration can happen, or to keep the soil of your life yeah enriched. Talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah, for me, it's definitely silence and solitude. Mm-hmm. I have to have that at the start of the day. I love what Dallas Willard said. says he says or said he said you have to find your divine center mm-hmm. every morning, every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, if I don't have that, I, I, plugging in, hearing the voice of the Father. What is he saying? What is he speaking? then I will venture into that subjective territory where it's just all about me and what I'm going through mm. and what's, what's going and which is important too. But if I'm thinking corporately, what is God doing in the church? Mm-hmm. I have to dial back in. I, I heard this incredible story from the great Saint John Mayer, actually. <laughs> John Mayer, he tells a story about when he first got into uh, writing and, and performing, how he would sit in his bedroom playing these songs that he wrote and he would close his eyes picture picturing that he was singing these songs in front of thousands of people yeah and now that he's on tour every night playing in front of thousands of people he you know what he does he closes his eyes and he pictures that he's back in that bedroom mm-hmm. playing uh, those songs yeah i think that's such a beautiful picture of mm-hmm. how these songs start yeah. in these secret places yeah where we're able to hear the voice of the father and we take him to these public places but we don't forget where they came from we don't mm-hmm. forget um, mm. Where they were re- originally formed, um, but yeah, I think for me, I, I have to get to the the places where I, I get rid of the distractions, get rid of all of the uh, insecurities, mm. and <laughs> yeah. especially as a songwriter as yeah. an artist, there are many insecurities. Mm. But I have to um, just plug back in yeah.
0: to
2: ordinary, to divine, sp- ordinary to divine. spiritual disciplines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. John, what about you?
2: I think. Um, I think probably the single greatest influence on just just building up my heart and to see the holistic picture of Jesus has just been community, um, friendship with with uh, like minded but different um, lovers of Jesus, but come from different camps or different angles. Um, that has been. I think I've learned the most from from just the community that we've been here at New Life, and um, and then and then I have. I mean, my my iPad has, you know, iBooks, I, 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 I fund iBooks, mm. you know, uh, with all kinds of different kind of speakers and authors that I'm taking in. So it's like, if, you know, Peterson will be kind of, Eugene right. will be kind of saying this, but then, then I'll jump over to Brendan Manning, who's kind of, when I'm feeling a bit more ragamuffin uh-huh. yeah. you know, <laughs> and then I jump over to someone who's been dead for a thousand years. and. Yeah um when i'm needing to tap you know when i'm needing to remember who came before us and i think you know that probably particularly has yeah. been of a uh, unique impact on my life is to remember who's come before us i mean my mm. one of our spiritual dads and my boss uh, dr pete sanchez seven he just turned 72 two days ago and uh he has seen worship movements uh he's actually you know he hasn't studied them he's been in them yeah um and did he talk with him and about these different movements and well it was first it was this and yeah. then it was it was you know just to him and then you do something and then it was the seamless worship sets and then it was you know just the modern and then it was just oh we have to swing the pendulum back to this way it's it's so fascinating and and
0: it locates yeah. you mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
2: so i think you know through reading um some of these different thinkers and folks but um, also i think mostly they're just being in community
0: that's awesome i love that we're almost out of time i'm gonna ask one final question and i think this is gonna be a fun one. So. <laughs> I love what you said micah so a song's got to be accessible yeah it's got to be beautiful and it's got to be theological mm-hmm. yeah and i was gonna ask you each to talk about maybe one song of yours that you thought embodied that in some way but <laughs> then i thought what would be more interesting <laughs> okay is to have you pick out the so, other well, guys the other that oh have, yes. that you think does that well and yeah. how it does that so pick out a song or maybe just to, to make it even simpler a favorite song of the yeah. other guys sitting at the table That's here great. What, what you like about it why you why you think it it really hits the bullseye i feel like this is way
1: easier for me than it is for john no! <laughs> john's got like a million songs uh for me it would definitely be overcome i didn't write that i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> overcome uh, i mean it's just filled with so much scriptural truth the m- melody soars but it's singable anybody it's can spin. join along yeah. it's anthemic um, I think it's a song that will outlive all of us, and mm-hmm. it's it's a song the church. It's one of those. It's one of those songs. There are certain certain songs that are for the season, mm. but there are certain songs that are for
2: every season. Mm. And I think overcome is one of those. Mm. Yeah, love it. Thank you, Micah. I appreciate it. Um, I. My, one of my' more popular ones would be "Your Presence Is Heaven," but I'm not going to choose that one. <laughs> it's too, He's cheating. Right? This, <laughs> this is his way of getting two. In. It's too easy. <laughs> Jesus at the center. Uh, Jesus at the center of it all. What's yeah, the title? It's Jesus at the center. Yeah. Jesus at the center. But I didn't write that one. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, just because I think that uh, I love that song. I actually wrote like it was shortly before that. I. Wrote a song and released an album, uh, and the title track was called "Center of It All." Mm. And then Micah in Israel released a song called "Jesus at the Center," which was just a better <laughs> song, but it was the same idea. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so there was a lot of anger in me. <laughs> 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 oh, um, but uh, at the time, I was working a lot with young people, um, so I remember. Th- I remember thinking, "We have to get back to Jesus. We have to get everything through Jesus. Jesus-centered, gospel-centered, mm. and." Uh, so i love um i just love that theme and and i love that song um jesus at the center it kind of grounds us it centers us uh on jesus all things through jesus get to the father through jesus thank you jesus for the holy spirit Hmm. um so that is a wonderful song
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Essential Church Podcast. Our goal is always to strengthen and provoke the thinking of church and ministry leaders. And so if you found this or any episode helpful to you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help leaders just like you find our podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions on people or topics you'd like for us to cover, be sure to let us know via social media. And of course, please do share this and other episodes you find helpful around the web. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you.